I think if you really think about it, PTSD is something that's existed throughout history. We have Netflix and Hulu and HBO Go. The volume's turned up and the lights are down low. I stream, you stream. Hello, Hello and, and welcome, welcome to, to I Stream, You Stream, the, the Binge Watchers podcast with John Wilson Bennett and Olivia Osel. So this week we binged an entire show at once and that was the spy with sasha baron cohen um and yeah it was awesome um i don't know i think what john what are you thinking i i thoroughly enjoyed it i would highly recommend it yeah highly recommend Really enjoyed. I mean, I have always thought that he was a great actor. He would never have been able to do the crazy movies he's done, like Borat and the TV show that he did. Um, L.E.G. No, the other one. The L.E.G. show. No, oh, the the, this is America or whatever. This is America. Like he's great. I don't think that's the name at, of the show. Well, whatever. He's great at um, like transforming into characters, um, but the, it's usually been like very comedic and this show was not that at all yeah when i told a friend about this show that we had watched it and i recommended it he said oh i don't do sasha baron cohen and i said it's not the comedy stuff and then he was intrigued so this is very much That's a weird different who doesn't love borat a monster you shouldn't be friends with that person. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Uh, no, yeah. So highly recommend. Um, the script was great. The cinematography was fantastic. And um, he was tr- truly just really a great actor. And um, all the other all the other actors in it were fantastic too. Yeah, really it's, set in, it's set in Israel and Syria. And I think some of the actors are either... Israeli or native I don't know some of the accent work was funny by like some if there was nitpick, one if I'm there was one actor whose accent who struggled was strange a little bit. but we don't know if it was a choice or if it was just because he's not great at doing accents we, we just don't know right the world may never know yeah it's the tootsie pop <laughs> of, of our of our podcast exactly. um no but the thing like with this show the the stuff that was kind of interesting and they never really jumped i don't know the time they would do the jumps in time and they wouldn't give you like time stamps so you had to kind of figure out what time you were in uh there were a few flash forwards a few flashbacks but it wasn't confusing really like the it wasn't like watching freaking westworld where you're just like where right no i mean it wasn't they weren't trying to completely confuse you but i think a little bit sometimes they were having conversations and you didn't know if the conversation was in the future or the past and so i felt emotionally disconnected from the piece because i didn't know if like what i was supposed to be caring about you know what i mean interesting i like they would be talking about a character and i don't know and i wouldn't know like if that character if i should be worried because i was watching their demise you know it was it was a lot of things like that little things i swear i don't even remember that like i don't even know what you're talking about i remember there's a one moment at the end where that happened in the last episode well the last two episodes there's like 
there's stuff, but no, I'm talking earlier on in the season. Okay, um, well, you know. So there's that. I mean, I did, I did. Yeah, the cinematography is great. Um, it's 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 kind of shot. It's shot half in black and white almost, in like a muted tones, and then half in like vibrant color tones. And a lot of times, it's you know his life is vibrant color, and then the rest of the life that he left behind is is muted tones. And when he comes home, it's muted tones. But I certainly, I felt like that was a choice that if I went back and I like rewatched it, I could figure out what they were doing with that choice, uh, or at least what the intention was. I just remember that that was a choice. Yeah, I mean, I could make assumptions about that choice, but I don't want to give any spoilers away, so I'm not going to dig into that right now. Um, then we also... Is that all you have for that? Yeah, I just highly recommend. Me too. All the scoops. Um, and then uh, in honor of uh, Veterans Day, and because... They looked very good. Uh, we watched two documentaries. One was War Torn. 1861 to 2010. Yes. and Executive produced by James Gandolfini. Rest in peace. Yes. Um, and the other was They Will Never Grow Old. So War Torn. Um, they Shall Not Grow Old. Was. They sh- isn't it they shall not grow old? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Pretty Sorry if it is, then I suck at this. Um, War Torn. Uh, wait a segue. Nicely. No, it's about um, really uh, the effects of PTSD. And it kind of takes a look at PTSD um, from like the beginning of, um, well, not the very beginning, but it goes back in time first and then um, to like present day uh, soldiers and it was really moving it was really hard to watch sometimes it was really sad but um, I think I think the good news is that um, they're starting to recognize and treat psychological trauma the same way that they do um, physical trauma which is which is important so um, is good to see that the attitude about that um, is changing because I think, yeah, I guess that's kind of like the hardest part is that they're trained to, to or soldiers are trained to like be like, no, nothing bothers me. I'm, this is my job. This is what I do. I'm a warrior, you know. Um, but then it was interesting because when we watched um, They Shall Not Grow Old, uh these old, old, old vets, um, <laughs> it seemed like... It was like interviews that were taken like soon after the war was over, it sounded like, or maybe to some, and maybe a little bit after that later. It was archival audio. Oh, no, over. but I'm talking about when they like interview the old guys presently about their time in the past. Oh, sure, sure. And they kind of all like had a... Well, the whole feel of that documentary was just a little bit more positive. It was a little bit more like Wait, we were having fun. The but the the interview, the guys in the present being interviewed was in the first movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. all I know is that they, they shall not grow one old was, was only really depressing and was like. Soldiers have PTSD and it's bad. They were both very depressing. The other one was also kind of depressing. However, it was way more like 
talking about how, you know, they would like, you know, crack each other up and be playing games and they had a lot of respect for the other um the soldiers chairman. and the uh prisoners of war and and um you know they were like we the germans seem like good guys and uh you know until until got shit got really hairy and everyone just got like mowed down on the battlefield if you're listening <laughs> right now if you're one of our seven listeners and you're actually listening to this, can you text us, <laughs> please? Let us know you listened to this moment, like right now. I'm going to say a code word and no context. Just text me the code word. The code word is banana. It was interesting to watch a movie that about one specific war after watching a movie about all wars and how PTSD is prevalent since the Civil War onward. And I think that to see a movie that did not deal with PTSD or shell shock in any large capacity, it was interesting to to know that to watch something where you're wondering if people are covering up for what they felt or or if this wasn't as prevalent. I think it's what one in ten maybe they say like is struggles with it. I don't remember the statistic, but. It seemed like a lot of people coming out of World War One really kind of kept the camaraderie and and the bonds that they had they had formed. But I will say the the interesting parallels are you know the return to normal life. People returned from World War One in Britain and had no jobs and had no um, yeah. There was a huge unemployment problem. Um, I also liked watching that as almost like a precursor to Peaky Blinders. Because it gives me a better sense of, like, what they're dealing with in Peaky Blinders when they talk about, like, living in the trench and digging stuff out and all that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I didn't realize this, but, you know, because now, like, we see someone, or at least from my experience, when we see someone in uniform, you know, people will be like, oh, thank you for your service, or they'll be treated really kindly, you know, they'll get a free beer, free coffee, or whatever, something, but... Um, the way that they made it sound in this documentary is that these guys came home from the war and literally there were signs up that said like don't apply if you right because these young guys had no like formal training they didn't want to deal with the the well they had problems they well in in both of the documentaries they express how like the they didn't really know like how to get back into society and that they turned to you know, self-destruction often, and there's a huge rate of suicide um, for vets coming home. Well, and if you think about, like, the statistics of, like, your brain's not fully developed until you're 25, and the majority of these soldiers are, you know, on the other side, on the younger side of 25, so it's like their brains in their most formative years are developing all these, like, connections between violence and gratification and, you know, violence and success and and a desire and a need to stay alive and survival instinct that's heightened. Um, I don't know. The code word is banana. So, on top of that, we watched Cats and the Great. Yes, which we're struggling through at this point. Helen Mirren obviously is amazing, but the actual show itself uh, is... um, I don't want to like just bash it, but I just the pacing is rough. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's like overly um, uh, underscored <laughs> or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, honestly, it just feels like it feels like it's a really period corny. soap opera. Yeah, it feels like a soap opera. And and you know, Helen Mirren does her best to yeah. to do it justice, but it's a lot of long gazes and contemplative whatever that they like end up catchphrases. Well, yeah, that too. And like modern dialogue. Like it's <laughs> this mix of like old time stuff and modern dialogue. So we'll watch the last episode at some point. It's only four episodes. So if you're interested, um, it's not a huge time commitment, but I will say that uh, it feels like longer <laughs> but we're gonna do it yep. um anyways so watchmen. uh watchmen um also kind of a struggle at this point we talked about that last week and um i mean i'm 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 into it you know I don't, i'm starting to get westworld vibes <laughs> yeah i'm starting to get vibes that it's a whole lot of it's a whole lot of this big world that you know Somebody has the keys to the door to know exactly what's going on, but we as the viewer don't get that, and it's extremely frustrating. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I feel frustrated. I just feel kind of like, okay, that was all right. Moving on. You know what I mean? I think for me, it's just my personality. I feel frustrated whenever I feel belittled, you know, or or talked uh-huh. down to, and I feel like in a little bit this show and the way that like it's shrouded in mystery and like some of the main protagonists are talked down to and belittled. Mm-hmm. I think I emotionally identify with that, and so and so that annoys you. It pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that makes sense. Mrs. Um, Fletcher. Mrs. Fletcher. So um, still feeling it. Still doing. Still it. loving this. Also, it has the young guy from um, Bloodline in it, and. Um, He's yeah and yeah and uh, he's fantastic and um, yeah it's 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 like a very well written show it's very intriguing Um, and so yeah so we're still in it to win it definitely a big fan of that one and then um, last but not least is his dark materials which I am really really enjoying how are you feeling about it I'm I'm with it I'm for it. I'm I mean, you know, ask me in a couple weeks. Yeah. The thing is we're going to try to not focus as much on every single week getting stuff out because right. a lot of these shows especially now on HBO they're once a week. Right. And instead what we're going to do is we're going to release an episode when we binge a show. Yeah. And so that could mean that some weeks there's 3. And then there's times where like this week we didn't have one for a week and a half. And then our schedules and all that. So that's kind of where I'm at with a lot of these HBO shows. Is I'm like, I could put it to bed until the end of the season. Eight, nine, ten episodes, whatever it is. And with His Dark Materials, I'm into it. But it's only been two episodes. And I think my thing is... Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my I'm, God. I'm nervous because I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> I don't want to be left at the altar with his dark materials. Yeah. They're making a lot of promises and I'm waiting and I need to make sure they can keep them. They are making a lot of promises. It is starting off pretty strong. Um, So yeah, so we'll see. Maybe we won't come back to that until we're totally done with it. But what I will say is I'm really enjoying the world building and, um, and the acting so far has been great. 
And uh, spoiler alert, our next episode will be about the crown. Hey, we watched the first episode tonight. As I told my dad, it's set in England. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler. alert. Um, and, you know, Olivia's killing it. Yeah, yes, she is. <laughs> and and so Helena Bottom Carter. Killing it. Killing it. And the guy from Game of Thrones, who's also an outlander. Killing it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All of you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Friend A. Friend <laughs> B. So remember, text the code word BANANA. Talk to you next week. <laughs>